Your stories don't define you. How you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker of Elkins Consulting. Many of my clients reach out to me because they're in transition. Their children are hitting milestone ages. They want more from their work. They're hitting a big number birthday. And they want to develop clarity about their natural strengths, what their next adventure might look like. In this series, you'll hear me ask my guests questions to dig deeply into the stories that shaped their lives, stories that uncover patterns and may unveil insights into dissatisfaction and also where their strengths lie and where they found and continue to find joy. This podcast's intention is to have listeners think of their own related stories and how they tell them, discovering the internal messages that are limiting their success and discovering how to shift their stories so they become positive life lessons to move them forward. If you're curious about what it would be like to work with me, visit elkinsconsulting.com and schedule a one-time 90-minute StrengthsFinder session. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. It's Tom taking you up on your offer as far as uh, recording a response for your 200th podcast. That's exceptional, Sarah. I'm so happy for you. It's been just an awesome pleasure to listen to you interview people and make it more of a conversation and an excellent back and forth rather than an interview. So thanks for all that you do and thanks for all that entertainment. Loved all of it from the beginning with Cheryl Snap Connor all the way right up until this most recent one. You're just a joy to listen to. Take care. Bye. My favorite ones were the ones for that short series in which you shared your top strengths finder talent, starting with command. We do find more satisfaction in our lives and succeed once we have more self-awareness of our strengths and can use them the best way possible. I like how all the five talents show up in your life for better and for worse. So thanks for sharing. It helps others hear your stories and also relate if they have similar or different talents. They can learn from you and how you use them. I also had a talent that I couldn't see in myself. (laughs) Focus and resonated when you, Sarah, mentioned you couldn't see the strategic in you. Let's celebrate the 200th episode. It's a great milestone. This is Rich Gasson saying congrats on 200 episodes. I have been listening for nearly all of them and was fortunate to be a guest on episode 49. What keeps me coming back every week is the variety of people that Sarah connects her audience to in these conversations. To choose a favorite episode would be a challenge for me, as so many of them are excellent. I'll recommend number 174 on Rodney's Raptors and 184 with Rachel Druckenmiller. Sarah has introduced me to so many great people, and many are now connections of mine on LinkedIn, who I interact with regularly. I have also learned a lot from her about how to tell my pivotal stories effectively through her book and weekly podcast. Thanks again for your contributions. Wow, 200 episodes. is just such an absurd number to me. And I am so grateful because there is no way I would have even had one if it wasn't for my dear friend and partner in crime, Neil Hughes. And I am, I'm kind of beside myself right now because I'm sitting here with him. 
across um, what eight thousand miles away by Zoom. Neil, thank you for joining me for this milestone episode. It's an absolute honour to be here chatting with you, and I'm not sure how I can follow up an intro like that. It's probably possibly the best I've ever had. But you did all the hard work. I just helped you bring it to life. That was all. That's the way I like to look at it. <laughs> that is a very um, small description for a very big job, especially with somebody like me who has a tendency to not be particularly consistent. <laughs> Uh, what I love most about what you've created here is how the show has evolved over those 200 episodes and how your confidence in that podcast has grown too. And for me, that there's something quite beautiful in that. Mm, thank you. Well, you know, a lot of people have asked me how I started my podcast, why I started my podcast. They're, they're always surprised to hear that I consider myself an accidental podcaster especially with nearly 200 episodes <laughs> when they've asked. And I describe myself as an accidental podcaster because um, I'm going to tell the story from my perspective. Actually, let's hear it from your perspective. And then I'll kind of share a little bit about what I think the story was behind it. I just remember that when we were getting ready for No Longer Virtual 2018 in Denver, so it, was, it would have been the fall before that, late 2017, after the first NLV, I remember reaching out to you and you said you were definitely going to be there in Denver. And I asked you if you would host a panel and you said, yes. Now, do you remember what happened after that? Yes. I mean, I have reached that age where my mind plays tricks on me and, and adds things in for dramatic purposes, etc. <laughs> but <laughs> apart from that, I remember thinking I was having a little bit of success around the podcast at the time. And a big thing for me, we both supported each other for, for many years and the, the tribe that we've created. And I found out, well, for me, it was incredibly easy to launch a podcast. And one of the things that I enjoy doing is as an XIT guy that used to sit in meeting rooms and watch people's eyes drift into the back of the head. As soon as the IT guy started speaking, <laughs> I, I'll try and simplify technology and say, hey, don't be afraid. You can have a podcast. It's easy to get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those usual platforms. It's nice and easy. I can show you how. And when you invited me to uh, perform that panel at NLV, I had in my head, I was going to create a course and I was going to teach people, hey, everyone, it's nice and easy. This is how you do it. And then when I arrived for that presentation and I was asked, answering questions, I quickly had an alternate message and the universe gave me, Neil, nobody wants you to teach them how to do a podcast. They want you to do it for them. <laughs> <laughs> it was a complete accident. And um, several years later, I think I now manage about 20 podcasts for people all around the world. But I, none of that was the plan. I just wanted to put a course out there and say, hey, follow this. You can have your own podcast. So you're partly responsible for that. <laughs> but as, as part of that, I, th I thought what I would do is I needed a partner to see if I could teach somebody that, that's not, that doesn't care about technology, editing audio files, setting up RSS feeds, all that boring stuff. I just wanted to take someone and guide them through the process and say, look, it's easy. Anyone can do this. And, and you were my chosen one. And uh, we worked together on that. that. That's roughly how I remember it. What about yourself? Well, it's, it's very similar. And I do remember your epiphany after NLV 2018. <laughs> and we talked about it. We actually did kind of a debrief about what, what that meant. And as um, you become a service provider, particularly doing that service, because you, you kind of enjoy doing it and it, it works and it's, 
it's simple for you where it's not simple for the rest of us who don't understand or want to understand the technology. The way that I remember it kind of starting was I asked you if you would want to start a podcast with somebody, you know, give a gift of starting a podcast with somebody and keeping um, kind of documentation, a journal almost of what it was like to start this podcast. So you and whoever you gifted that to would then present what it was like to start a podcast and um, launch it. And then all the the ins and outs of what went right, what went wrong together, sure. present that as a panel and building your brand through multimedia, particularly podcasts. And I remember um, I invited two or three people that had mentioned at NLV 2017 that they wanted to start a podcast and they all turned me down. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this is a huge gift. This is a multi-thousand dollar gift and you're turning me down. And they they each had their own reasons. You know, um, I'm too busy. I have too much on my plate already. I don't have time to add one more thing. Um, it's not quite the time yet because I'm not sure exactly what I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being so discouraged that people would turn down this awesome opportunity. And it was a LinkedIn connection, Jared Chambers, that I talked to um, later that month after you and I had discussed it. And these people had already turned me down. I was getting ready to do a storytelling performance on the stage of the historic Wilma Theater in in, uh, Missoula, Montana. And I was telling him how excited I was. And then I told him the story about these people turning me down for this opportunity. And he said, Sarah, you're a storyteller yourself. You help people tell their stories. Why aren't you doing the podcast? Why aren't you taking the opportunity? And I remember... All those same reasons popping into my head. Oh, I don't have time. I don't need one more thing on my plate, blah, 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 blah. But then I, I reached out to you and I said, well, Jared said this, what do you think? And you're like, oh, I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story though, because it's almost like the universe just gave us that nudge in the right direction. Neither of us wanted to go down that road. We both got thrown into it. And, and great things have happened as a result of that. And I, I think that's... That's one of the things that's so important in life and looking for those opportunities, knowing when to say yes and and uh, and just going for it and throwing caution to the wind. Absolutely. And I remember um, you kind of asked me, you, you gave me some editing tools that I could use and you asked me, do you want to try this out? I can walk through how to edit it. And I was like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> And I even downloaded was it Camtasia or one of the one of the products Audible or Audacity? You know, it would have Audacity. Been. That was the one that I tried, and I was like, I mm, no, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I mean, it would take me a long time to figure out how to edit on this. And you said, oh, don't worry about it. It'll just take me a few minutes. Like I'll I'll take care of it. And but I realized that you had to listen to the whole thing before you could be finished editing it. And some of those episodes were really long. And I thought, wow, this is really such a generous gift. So thank uh, you. No, no, thank you. And for me, it's, it's great because I get to listen to the podcast as well. So I get to learn with you and be a part of those conversations. And I know we sh- we've talked about some of those conversations after we've, we've finished editing over the years. And uh, mm-hmm. no, it's a pleasure. 
and you're very annoyed, very good to edit for as well there's not too many mistakes in there so what you hear <laughs> is what you see it's not heavily edited <laughs> thank you must be the musician in me i just yeah. want to do this once <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I think That's I think funny. some people get so carried away with everything's got to be perfect and you've got to edit out every um, every ah. Oh, if you do that, it doesn't sound like a natural conversation anymore. So I think it's important to, yes, remove some of those things, but as a rule, you, you want it to sound like a, a good conversation and, and, and that's what your podcasts are, great conversations and great storyteller that you are too. Thank you. Well, I love your podcast. Those, uh, they started as Tech Blog Writer. Yes. And became a tech blog speaker, I guess. Um, it's still tech blog writer, but I I love listening to those and, and reading the, the follow-up show notes because I've learned so much about new technology, the questions that I need to be asking of myself and others as I use new technologies. Um, you're, you're part of the reason I don't have um, a smart appliance in my house other than the TV. I mean, seriously, I, I think about um, technology in such a different way because of your influence. And I, I highly encourage our listeners to listen to these episodes and follow Neil. And I'll have a link in the show notes to Neil's podcast and, um, and how to get a hold of him if our listeners are curious about starting their own. Neil, when you think about all these years of podcasting, because yours has been going on for what, five years now? Longer yeah. than that. Five, just over five years and 1,700 interviews now. We've, we've just hit. 1,700 interviews. <laughs> I can't even wrap my mind around that. That it is just, so many. It feels like my head's going to explode because since I've rebranded to Tech Talks Daily and I go out every day now, and honestly, the average week, I record 10 episodes a week just in case anybody cancels or if I get ill or anything like that. So I record 10 episodes a week. And every day is a completely different theme. So it could be artificial intelligence today, legal tech tomorrow, ed tech at the weekend. And, and it goes on and on. And I just feel like my uh, blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and uh, right. I just feel like my head's going to explode. But again, I always try and simplify whatever technology is in a language everyone can understand. But most importantly of all, get to the human story behind it. What put them on this path? How did you get involved in insurance technology? Where did that passion come from? And nine times out of 10, just like you and I, they all say serendipity, a bit of an accident. I found myself in this place at the right time at the, and, and things just grew from there. And it's quite interesting that after 1,700 interviews, people say, well, how did they get so successful? A lot of it is happy accidents and there's a couple recently that really spring to mind. There was a guy, he was a startup founder in Asia and he went for a big pitch to get funding for his startup. This was his last throw of the dice and then he went all the way to San Francisco. He spent his last last money there, did the pitch, bombed, got nothing at all. He was feeling sorry for himself at the luggage carousel as he landed on the way back. And he met his future, the, the guy at Future uh, would fund his uh, startup and make it the success that it is today. And there's so many stories like that where there's a guy who, he had the great idea, but he needed a developer to bring it to life. And then he was sat on a plane next to a developer three weeks later. And it's almost like the unit, if you're open... I'm not not sure how you believe in manifesting and things like that, but if you're at, if you're open and I don't know, it's almost like the universe gives you that nudge in the right direction. I think that's the key. If you're open, 
Yeah. I mean, I have lots of stories like that too, where um, people supposedly are just in the right place at the right time. But, you know, I, I don't believe in that coincidence. Yeah. I, I have too many experiences that I call small world stories where I run into somebody I know in Germany. There's yeah. no reason that I would do that. Or um, I, my husband and I love to say that Montana is the center of the universe because everywhere we go, we meet somebody who has some connection to Montana. And um, doesn't matter where we are in the world, Paris, Munich. Um, and it's fascinating. But here's the thing. It's not that small world stories happen to me more than they happen to other people. You have to ask the right question. Yeah. When you're sitting next to somebody, you have to choose to take that moment and connect. Yeah. And, and then you have to be able to tell them in a way that feels warm and authentic what you're doing, what your passion is, why you want to do it, why it matters to you. It can't be an elevator pitch. I, I can't stand those no. because it's all about you. And, and what you want. But if you present it in a way like I help people start the podcast that they've always wanted to start, that's not about you. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, com I completely agree. And I also got to applaud you for no longer virtual and what you created there. Because we could, if we do go back five years ago, you know, when we were talking, we were all just writing articles on LinkedIn. There was myself, you, Heather. Uh, John White, and I don't want to offend anyone, but there were so many people there that we're all still very close to now, and we supported each other. And the way that you decided to connect people beyond the keyboard and get people from all around the world into a room, there's something beautiful about that. And I've been to many conferences all around the world, but I've got to say, I'm not just saying this because I'm on your 200th episode <laughs> of your podcast, <laughs> but yours is the only one where I can say safely say I've got five to 10 great friends that I've met and stay in touch with and stay in touch with to this day. And it's not about services or trying to sell people things. It's just supporting each other. And that's what it's about. And one of the things I always say on my podcast, every episode is technology works best when it brings people together. And there's so much polarization and division at the moment and technology gets a bad rap for that. But the way you've used it to bring people together is like I say, something beautiful in that. Thank you. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up, but as long as we're going to bring it up, I may as well put a plug in. <laughs> um, the next one is coming up in uh, March of 2022 in Park City, Utah. And um, I already have, I think, eight people registered and it's limited to 40. So I, I'm pretty excited for the potential. Um, I am making sure that people are comfortable making this investment. It's not a huge investment, but... I know that things are in weird place right now in terms of travel, and I don't know what things will be like in March. So there are refunds available for registration. If people want to register now, they can re they can be refunded it up to I think I put the first of February or something like that in my in on the website. But one of the things that happened with that with no longer virtual was your arrival in 2018 at the um, no longer virtual in Denver. Yeah. And I have this vivid memory of walking into, they had a big, uh, was it a whiskey selection? It was the whiskey bar at the hotel in yeah. the Hotel Indigo downtown. And I remember, I have a picture of us together. And that was the first time we met face to face. 
And I remember this moment of walking in and seeing you, knew, knowing who you were immediately. I mean, you, you look just like your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what really struck me as I stood in the bar with a bunch of people who had come to the first NLV in Atlanta. And a bunch of people that wanted to come but couldn't and were arriving at the Denver one because they had missed the first one. And meeting these people face-to-face and or seeing the ones again, like Heather and Amy Blaschka and Zach Messler, um, seeing Mike Johnson in there and Karthik from the first year. He yeah. didn't come the second year, but Karthik Rajan was the reason NLV exists, really. Um, but I remember standing in that bar and thinking, wow, these people are exactly who they are online in person. Yeah. And it felt like it was like this self-selected group of, of people who genuinely wanted to connect and learn together. And uh, it just, it felt like magic to me. Yeah. I remember the first NLV I went to and I just opened the door and suddenly felt incredibly intimidated because there was all these, what I considered giants, you know, these people were having so much success around the world with books and LinkedIn top voice awards, etc. And I'm like, oh no, what am I doing here? Do I belong in this room? And then straight away, I think it was Heather just put her arms out and gave me a big hug. And it was just like everyone just got together straight away and it was the same situation uh, in Chicago uh, a couple of years later, just as the pandemic was starting. And again, I'm walking in there thinking, oh, where do we where do we go here? Is it elbows? Do we touch feet? <laughs> Are we allowed to shake hands? And everyone was just hugging, you know, it's just, yeah, great. Yeah. I guess um, there are a couple of people that come that are not huggers. That was, uh, I think that was an important aspect of all of the NLVs was being able to acknowledge that yeah. for people who aren't huggers and, and giving people that space. You know, I, I think about this in, in all of our interactions, especially when we're interviewing people of being able to um, take that step back and let them be who they are, not trying to make them do something they don't want to do or say something they don't want to say. And the delicate balance there that you have to learn as a podcaster if you're interviewing people. Yeah. And my learning experience with that was Kimberly Davis. And we actually recorded twice because the first recording was awkward. I mean, really awkward. And it was at this point where we finished. And the next day, because we are so close, I mean, she's one of my dearest friends. And we met on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, she actually called me and she said, you can't publish that. We need to re-record if you want me on the podcast. That just was too awkward. And I was like, oh, I was thinking the same thing. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, but she gave me some feedback that only a dear friend would give you. You know, it, the, it's so hard to give feedback, constructive feedback. But if you don't, we don't learn. We don't grow. Yeah. And if you care about the person, even peripherally care about them, giving them that feedback is the key to their success. Not, not, it's not about you at all. Yeah, yeah. So what experiences have you had with that, with your podcast? Wow. That's a good question. It's funny because every single person I talk to is a completely different personality. And you've probably found that as well from, you have somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk, who's very short, sharp, wants bullet points. And then other people are talkers that you can just chat to for hours. And it's just adjusting 
adjusting with that um, and, and just trying to, I always try and learn from every single person that I speak with. There's going to be some people I don't gel with as naturally as others, but if I can learn something from every single person and five years later, I've interviewed 1,700 people, it's almost like reading books, isn't it? Because you're getting that information out of their head, their expertise and, and leveling up almost just by talking to these people. And Is that something you found with, with interviewing people and trying to learn something from every person? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's an important concept for anyone who has a podcast, a new podcast, is thinking about doing a podcast. I'm not always the audience for every episode. Yeah. There are some interviews that I walk away from going, wow, totally blown away by their understanding of some topic, by the stories they shared. Um, the first one that comes into my head is the Rajkumari Niyogi um, episode. I've had a, a lot of them where I just yeah. walk away and it takes me days or even weeks to process everything we talked about and apply what I heard to my own life, to the coaching I do with my coaching clients, helping them bring out their meaningful stories and address those damaging internal messages. Um, but yeah, and then I publish them and rarely do the ones that blow me away get a ton of attention on any of the platforms. Rarely. It's bizarre where I think, wow, that was so awesome. People, listeners are just going to flip out over this and they don't. And you have to be okay with that as a podcaster. You have to develop a slight thicker skin and be okay with the, the things that you feel so passionately about not getting the attention. And then you have the opposite where I'll walk away from an interview feeling totally slimed. (laughs) Oh, that was awful. All he did was talk about himself and not in a good way. Like you're supposed to be talking about yourself, but he would tell these stories and every one of them revolved around his um, experience with it and never really involved other characters in his stories. And I have a few in my head that were like that. And I remember finishing and thinking, do I have to publish this? Because that felt awful. And then I do because they're expecting it to be published. I don't think I could get another one out of them that would be any better because this is who they are. And those are the ones I get this, oh, I love that episode. I didn't realize that so-and-so did such and such. And wow, that was such a good episode. Great to hear two of my friends talking about blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) I just, I think it took a few of those episodes for me to take that step back and realize I'm not always my own audience. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well as a podcaster, you've got to take a back seat. And a mistake I see a lot of people making, they they want to make it all about themselves. Look at me. I'm the expert. I'm the talking head. And there's a there's an app, Clubhouse, I don't know if you've seen it, where people go on there and they're like, look at me, I'm the expert. And I'm talking knowledgeably about this. But yes, there's a, pl- a time and place for that. But the podcast really should be about your guest and, and their story and, and just a natural conversation rather than self-promotion. But Again, mm-hmm. something that you've mastered in that, that 200 episodes. I've, it's also the guest's responsibility to make sure that they share information in a way that isn't totally yeah. self-absorbed, that isn't a plug for their business or their work. Even, even when you get the opportunity to plug, and you can certainly do it. But this is something that Zach Messler is always saying. Your messaging has to be about your clients. It has to be about what problem you solve for them, what their issues are, and how you solve them. Um, 
And I would really encourage guests, if you are, if you're about to be a guest on a podcast or you want to be a guest on a podcast, make sure you've listened to a few episodes, at least a few minutes of a few episodes of whatever podcast you want to be a guest on so that you can be a good guest. No, what advice completely. would you give to a podcaster and a guest? Well, well, first of all, I, I think we've talked previously about if you want to go on somebody else's podcast, don't just send a pitch <laughs> <laughs> clearly uh, showing that you've got no idea what the show is about, what the audience is about, or what value you could deliver. So listen to those episodes. And before launching a podcast, people say, well, what should I do? Do I need a 500-pound microphone? And uh, No, you just end up with a guy with all the gear and no idea, you know? No, go out there and listen to podcasts listen to five to ten podcasts straight away you'll learn i like that i don't like that i could add something different here and then that can help form your own podcast so listening to podcasts whether you want to create one or go on one i think is is more important than anything else don't you totally agree yeah. i think about that with public speaking if you want to be a public speaker go watch a lot of public speakers yeah, yeah. whether that's on ted or in person, watch what they're doing, see where they connect with their audience and build your own authentic presentation style. But watch what you like and don't like in others. I do that when I'm singing any of my mm. performances. I, I watch other performers. I see the interactions among the, the performers on the stage, whether it's a, a theater production or an orchestra or a rock band or you know whatever, jazz bands, you can see the communication among the band members. And it's, it's fascinating. If you're not watching for those details, then you're not learning in order to improve yourself. So yeah. it's the same thing with podcasting. And it's something that I do, because I'm completely honest with you, technology is a very dry subject. It isn't going to be for everyone. You know, talking about artificial intelligence and blockchain will probably send most people to sleep. So that's another reason why I try and get the human story out of them. So I often begin the podcast by asking, what's their origin story? What put them here? And before I let them go, a question I've started asking uh, over the last year is, tell me, a, tell me a, um, a, a song or a piece of music that's been the soundtrack to your life. And, and it doesn't that. matter who the CEO is or how big they are. You suddenly get to see that real person as they tell you about that passion. And, and that song means something to them because of this particular day. And they listen to it every day for a whole summer. And it inspired mm -hmm. them to do something now. And, and, and again, it's a bit of a throwaway question in some people's eyes. But you get to see the real person behind it. They're not talking about their work and their services. Suddenly they're talking about what... what drives them and the songs that they like and i've had quite some uh quite some choices on that. i think we've got and what i do is i add each song to a spotify playlist for other people to uh tune oh, in to cool as well. i didn't know that and there's an I'm eclectic mix on up. there let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> what was your biggest surprise one uh, what the most bizarre one was uh you know the final countdown by europe they they there was an alternate acapella version acapella metal i didn't even know that genre existed <laughs> acapella metal <laughs> so we've got ev everything on there from it seems your like usual, sacrilege uh, <laughs> from, from your, your typical uh, keynote entrance songs you know the Imagine Dragons etc we've got all those uh, and then some some random ones thrown in but it's just difficult but what I love more than anything it's not about the song it's the story that they share behind right. that particular song 
Right. I love that. And it's, it just goes along with all the themes we've been talking about. It's not the things that happen to you that define who you are, but it's the stories that you tell, the way that you tell your stories. And the fact is, when you tell a story about where that song came from, you are giving all kinds of clues into who you are as a human, your character, your values, what matters to you. And um, I wish more people would listen to that question and listen to the answers just so that they could get a feel for um, how their stories create perceptions in the eyes of others. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Ah, That's so cool. Neil, this has been such a treat. I'm, I'm just blown away by your generosity of spirit and time and energy, not just for me, but for so many people around the world. What you give is um, really beyond comparison. And I think, uh, well, I know that people like Heather Younger would agree with me when I say that, that this wouldn't exist without you. Uh, my podcast wouldn't exist without you. And I just, I'm just so grateful. Thank you. No, thank you. And as a Brit that's allergic to compliments, I've got to try and make a, a joke to get, get myself out of this. But, uh, <laughs> what song popped uh, into your head? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get out of this place, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the animals, Eric Burden. I used to sing that with our rock band. We gotta get out of this place if it's the last thing we ever do. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> Girl, there's a better life for me and you. (laughs) I love that song. (laughs) But the most important thing is you've made it to 200, but this is just the beginning. I want to have the conversation with you at 400, 500, and that big thousand as well. And I I know you will get there. Uh, I definitely am interested in being there. But as I said, um, I'm an accidental podcaster, and I think my success in this have, there, there are three parts to this. One is you. Another is that it has just built momentum and I haven't thought of it as a commitment. And I'd encourage other potential podcasters and podcast guests to think about it in those terms. If you're intimidated by the idea of making a commitment, know that it isn't. Um, it is for the first six months or a year if you actually want to make a go of it, if you have a plan for some sort of ROI on it or what you're going to get out of it. Why do you want to do it? What do you want your audience to get out of it? Um, for me, it wasn't it wasn't a commitment, a long-term commitment. And I think that's why I started it. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to be doing this in two years, much less 200 episodes. <laughs> I think the other part of my success with this and yours is the choice to um, allow it to have its own organic mm. trajectory. Um, to allow yourself to shift gears when you want to within your podcast, to know that you are going to continue to grow and learn as you do it, and that that's okay. You're not going to start with a perfect podcast. And I know that it can be intimidating to get started, but really it's each episode is so short-lived that every time you get better at it, you you almost replace one that wasn't fabulous. So just keep going and let that momentum carry you. 
I couldn't agree more. One of the things that I always say is version one is better than version none. And so many people just keep putting it off and don't want to launch. And then when they do launch, I think the average length of a podcaster is seven episodes before they realize, oh, actually, this is quite hard work. I'm, I'm going to give up here. And Or the other one that they get, they get to quite, uh, episode five and say, uh, Neil, how do I monetize this podcast? And like, <laughs> before, before trying to monetize anything, let's serve your audience, build a following. And, and the other emails I get a lot is, um, how can I grow my audience? You know, I'm getting three to 500 people um, a month, which is nothing. I want 2,000. I want 5,000. There is no shortcut. You've got to show up each week or whenever, whatever period that you choose. You've got to show up, become a part of someone's routine. And over time, you build that momentum and it all happens organically. You're, you will evolve, your show will evolve, your audience will. And that's the beautiful thing. And one thing that I will leave you on here is when somebody says, I've only got 500 episodes to my podcast this month, I always say, have a look out your window. If there were 500 people queuing to get in a concert venue to hang on every word that you're going to say, you would see it very, very differently than just dehumanized on a, a graph on a, a podcast host thing. So yes. yeah, it's, it's just about connecting with people. Well, that's a perfect place to end this. It's about connecting with people, the right Thank people. You, it doesn't have to be a lot of people. It has to be the people who are there for your message. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Sarah. Pleasure as always. Are you ready to start your story portfolio so you have the right story ready to share when the opportunity presents itself? When you're ready to get started, my book, Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will, is available in all the regular places, and the audiobook version is available on Google Play and on my website, elkinsconsulting.com. As a special bonus for listeners, the audiobook includes two songs recorded by my band, Spare Change in my living room in Montana. Also on my website is a free podcast interview checklist. It's available to download to make sure you make the most out of your next podcast interview. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate the podcast and leave a review and let me know that you've done it so I can thank you properly. Thank you. Could you tell?